to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at indiancreekbaptistchurch.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Have your Bibles. We are going to continue on in the book of Judges this morning. Judges chapter 10. Oops. Judges chapter 10 is where we're at. Last week, uh, God introduced us to Tola and to Jair, two judges who judged Israel for a total of 45 years. Um, during those years, Israel followed God. The Nothing really bad is recorded for us, and really, but really not much is recorded at all. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, we know that Tola's descendants were mighty men who served uh, with David and under David. And really, other than that, Israel served God. And, and that's, that's really the great lesson for us out of all of that. This week, uh, Israel is going to again fall right back into their idolatry as the judges pass away and uh, no one is there to take up the mantle. And when we look at the two men, that Tola and Jair, uh, what matters the most is... Just our service for God. They, it doesn't matter if we're rich. It doesn't matter if we're famous. It doesn't matter how strong we are. It just matters that we serve the Lord. But there's a hard lesson in this as well. Because while nothing bad is said and, and nothing was wrong with them, it, it appears that they didn't teach anybody to step up and come in after them. And uh, so many churches today are forgetting and, and leaving out that part of the great command the great commission which is discipleship and, and that's teaching those next generations to follow the lord teaching them teaching them all that the lord has commanded them and helping them to be godly men and women and that's why we focus so hard on discipleship uh, so judges chapter 10 is where we're at and we're going to pick up in verse number six and the Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord and served not him. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel eighteen years all the children of Israel that were in the, on the other side Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. Let's pray. Father God, again, we come to you this morning so very thankful for what you've done for us. Lord, as we uh, are wrapping up this Thanksgiving season, this time that our country is set aside to specifically be thankful, we need to remember that we should be thankful every day for the very breath that we breathe and the very heart that beats within our chest. 
Lord, I just pray that you would work in us today, that you would teach us your word, that you would grow us and mold us and shape us into the men and women that you would want us to be. But Lord, most of all, I pray that you would help us to be thankful for everything, even the hard times. So God, please guide us and direct us today. I do pray, Lord, that you would be with the Schindel family as they're grieving the loss of baby Georgia, and uh, that you would comfort them, and that your words would strengthen them. So God, please guide us and direct us. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, Israel does evil in the sight of the Lord. As soon as Jair is dead, Israel returns to serving Balaam. We were on the way home last night, and uh, we were good until we got to uh, about Neosho, Missouri. And that's where I let Wyatt begin to drive. So from Neosho, Missouri to Kansas City was a little bit of a rough ride. And then it smoothed out after Kansas City when I took back over and it was snowing the whole way home. But uh, until we hit Des Moines and then it was a little rough. But um, but while we were on the way home, we uh, are blessed with our Yukon that has the rear uh, sound, the rear entertainment center, has the DVD player and all that stuff. And a seven and a half, eight hour drive, even with this old of children, I do let them every once in a while watch a movie. So they decided they were going to pick a movie and my kids are weird. They picked the Ten Commandments. So I'm listening to the Ten Commandments all the way home from Kansas City. And uh, right as we were getting up in this area, uh, they were just being uh, coming to Mount Sinai, and Moses was on the mountain, and, and he was receiving the, the commandments from God, and, and the children of Israel were who had just been delivered, who had just gone through all the plagues of Egypt, who had just gone to the Red Sea, and God protected them with the fire, and then he divided the Red Sea, and they walked through on dry ground, and then he covered Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea and drowned them all. And, Ah, they, they got to Mount Sinai, and, and Moses is in the mountain for 40 days, and that mixed multitude, if you remember, in the book of Exodus, it wasn't just Israel that came out of Egypt. Unfortunately, there were a lot of Egyptians. There was a lot of mixture in all of that. But as soon as uh, Moses tarried to come down because he was speaking with God, they turned back and wanted to go back to Egypt. And they made they gave Aaron the golden the earrings and the bracelets and all the gold they had and he threw it into the fire and made the molten calves and they began to worship Balaam again. And it just it broke my heart because for us today it's no different. We've gone through this this holiday of Thanksgiving and, and we're blessed with all the great things that God has done and we're thanking him for what he's done for us this year and but so many as soon as hard times come everything just goes away and i i think of as we got the news about baby georgia i think of uh you know, rachel's brother um rachel's brother jay went through a very similar well rachel's whole family went through the situation but rachel's brother jay is in the position that morgan and levi are in right now and and they lost a uh what was he about 18 months 15-month-old, um, right about Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Or was it Christmas? Three days before Christmas. Um, so right in this time of year just uh, ended up being what we now know as SIDS or Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Um, just stopped breathing in his crib. 
And for Jay, it really set him back. Um, he ended up in a very, very bad place. And uh, praise the Lord, God has brought him through all of that now. And, and he's back to serving the Lord and, and loving his family and spending time with his other children and having uh, to do with the rest of the family. He's, he's very back from that very dark place. But it's something that can so easily happen to any of us. So aside from the message, just this rabbit trail, we need to very much be in prayer uh, for Morgan and, and Levi and the whole Shendel family um, as they're grieving the loss of this precious uh, two-month-old that has just passed away. And um, But all of this just reminds me how easy it is for us to slip and fall. I, I've... I've heard so many liken the Christian walk to a marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, it's it's distance. You've got to go all out. But when I really look at it, I, I think of it more as it, it's it's a marathon, all right, but you're not running on flat ground. You're climbing a cliff. And if you're not rooted and grounded in the foundation of the words God, the word of God, and you're not letting him place your feet, you can very easily fall and end up way worse than you ever were. And this is where Israel is. Tola and Jair, for all that they had done, they had made, walked with God and made Israel to serve God. But there wasn't anybody to pick up after them. So as soon as they were gone, that, that, those that were strong, that still wanted to serve Baal, that were just serving the Lord because somebody was leading them to serve the Lord, immediately turned them back. And, and they did evil again in his sight. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of all the people. Um, when we look at that phrase, in the sight of the Lord, we understand that it's physically in his sight, but the Lord sees all. But it's also open for everyone else to see. This is why we see such a national swing. When, when it, If it was just one or two people in secret, it would be different. But this is a large majority or a large group of people that immediately turn and erect temples and, and groves and idols out in view of everybody and begin to serve Baal. And not only are they serving Baal, but they're serving Baalim. Now we understand Balaam, <clears throat> while it's capitalized here, is not the proper name of a single god. The I am at the end is the plural, just like our S. So instead of gods, God, we would say gods, we would add S to the end of it. Instead of Baal as one false god, they add I am, which is multiple. So now they're serving multiple false gods. They're serving the gods of Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Zidon, and, and, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. They're serving so many other false gods. But each one of them is... is I'm going to get ahead of myself there. In this case, th this is a cancer. Uh, in Israel's case, it's a cancer that infects all of them. I, I, it, as I was studying this out while we were down there this week, I, I thought about my first wife. and uh, When she was 28, uh, she was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. Um, triple negative, if you know anything about 
cancer. It doesn't respond. It's not feeding on any specific protein or anything specific in the body. So there's really no way to fight it other than with just chemicals. Um, you can't remove, like in uh, Rachel's dad's case, a lot of his fed on sugars. So he removed sugar and a lot of those things out of his diet. Uh, went to a completely vegan diet instead of uh, eating the red meat. And, and uh, so it starved the cancer of a lot of those proteins and it slowed down the growth and it gave him so many more years. What, six more years than they expected? But in Melissa's case, uh, it was negative for all of those markers. So it was just, th there was really nothing they could take away to starve the cancer. So we went through a year of treatment and at the end of that year, after surgery and, and a couple of rounds of chemo and or a couple of different uh, sets of chemo and radiation in the middle, um, they said she's cancer-free. And uh, even though we begged them to do scans and, and just didn't feel right, didn't feel peace that she was cancer-free, uh, they sent us home, you have a clean bill of health, there's nothing wrong with you now. And a month later, we were in the ER because she couldn't breathe walking up the steps and they found fluid around one of her lungs and they drew a uh, half a liter of fluid off and it was full of cancer cells. And as they scanned her body, now instead of just being localized to one breast, it was everywhere. It was in her skull, it was in her liver, it was in her kidneys, it was in her, in her, uh, her femurs, it was everywhere. The cancer had spread. It, it had gone unchecked. And this is, this is exactly what idolatry does. Just one little bit, one little taste of not serving the Lord to your fullest leads to this. Eventually, if it's unchecked, if it's uncared for, if no one pays attention, it leads to this full-blown serving of every God that's out there. And this is where Israel is. And there's a result of that evil. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And I looked up that phrase, the anger of the Lord. And here it says the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Throughout the Bible, there's mainly in the book of Judges, it says the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. In the rest of the Bible, it says the anger of the Lord was kindled. Now, there's a difference between hot and kindled. If uh, I know the Burgesses... Uh, I know Grandma Betty runs a, a wood burner all the time or all winter and there's a difference between a hot fire and one you've just kindled. Uh, a fire that's been kindled has to has to be fed. It has to grow. It has to be cared for. It can't just be walked away from. But a fire that's hot burns just all in itself. And this is where God is at. He is angry. It, this this is a much harder anger to quench. God's decision is he's going to punish them. Now God in his anger is still completely just and holy. And we need to understand that God never loses control. He is always in perfect control. And we're going to see as we finish, as we continue through chapter 10 and chapter 11, we're going to see that even though God's anger is hot against Israel, he is still very much full of grace and mercy. But 
this is an important lesson for us because we have very short fuses and we have very hot tempers. But we need to be angry the way God gets angry. And we need to not, I know I struggle with this a lot. I struggled with it on the way home several times last night of uh, keeping my anger under control with the people around me. Um, but Ephesians 4.26. Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians, Gentiles eat popcorn. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The Bible never says that we shouldn't be angry. Anger is an emotion that was given to us by God and it's one that can be used for Him. The Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. Because anger that is sin causes us to reach out and react and cause pain to others. Anger that's not sin causes us to look inside ourselves and make changes and, and work to better ourselves. But God here is going to punish Israel. Israel sold into the hand of the Philistines and the children of Ammon uh, in verse number 7. And they're vexed. Again, the children of Ammon and the Philistines come in and they, they torment Israel for 18 years. This is much like we saw with Gideon and like we saw with uh, every other group. Both of these nations, though, are nations that should have been destroyed. But they're both nations that Israel is trying to emulate at this point. They're serving the God of Ammon. They're serving the gods of the Philistines. So instead of Israel coming in in the book of Joshua and the beginning of the book of Judges as they enter the promised land and removing all of those cancer cells from the land, they've allowed some to stay and they've grown and now they've taken over and they've Israel has began to try and be like them. And that's the theme throughout the rest of the Bible. I mean, uh, as you get to the end of the book of Judges and begin into Samuel, and, and Israel is crying against Samuel, asking for a king because they want to be like all the other nations. They're tired of the judges. They're tired of the priests. They're tired of the prophets. They want a king like everyone else. It's interesting to note here that so often the things that we desire the most are the very things that will enslave and destroy us. Israel is desiring and serving Balaam. And yet it's the Philistines and the Ammonites that are going to be used to hurt them. Eve Back in Genesis chapter 1, she desired the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As she argued or she talked with Satan and Satan convinced her that she wasn't going to die, the fear, was take, the fear of the Lord was taken away. 
She looked at the tree and she saw that the fruit was good. She thought she saw that it was it was pleasing to the eye. She saw that it was good for food and she saw she desired it to make one wise. And it's that wisdom that ultimately destroyed her. She ate that fruit. That destroyed her, that destroyed Adam, that, that has given us all that sin nature from uh, from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. It's not just talking about our physical wealth. It's talking about those things that we desire. If we desire things on earth, that's where our heart's going to be. If we desire heavenly things, that's where our heart's going to be. How many of us today, though, are desiring things that are not even here on earth or in heaven, but in the middle of the earth? During this time of thanksgiving, it's vital for us, though, as we finished up in, in verse number 10, we see the children of Israel cry out to the Lord. I said, we have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. They're crying out because they know that God is merciful. And his mercies are new every day. This time of year, we tend to remember God's mercy. Even in the beginning, as Adam and Eve are removed from the garden, as they're being punished, they're being removed from the Garden of Eden. Yes, that's a punishment, but it's also mercy. Because God was keeping them from the tree of life. He was giving them an out. He was giving them a way to not have to spend an eternity walking this earth in their sin. He blocked their access to that very tree. Today Christ has come and died on another tree for us so that we may eat of the fruit of his gift of eternal life free from sin. We're going to see that God is still going to teach Israel as we finish out chapter 10. He's going to teach Israel. He's going to speak to them audibly and, and instruct them in what he's done for them and why they're being punished. And that's important for us to remember as parents to not just punish, but to instruct. The same thing is happening today with Israel. The same thing is happening with us. For those of us that, have, that are saved and are still walking this earth, we are being taught and being used to teach others. David a man after God's own heart, summed it up very well. In 2 Samuel 12, 21 and verse, verses 21-23. Remember, at this time in David's life, David has sinned. He has uh, stayed home. He's not been serving the Lord where he was supposed to be. He stayed home as his mighty men went out to war and as he's been up in the middle of the night he's looked out and he's seen Bathsheba bathing herself and he's desired her and he's let that desire turn into action and uh, by now he has killed Uriah the Hittite in battle and Nathan the prophet has been sent to him and proclaimed punishment and the child has died 
In verse number 21, the Bible says, Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. David knew and understood God's mercy. But he also knew and understood God's justice. And as he wept and fasted and prayed for that child as it was alive, believing that God would be gracious and merciful and and save that child, he understood that when the punishment was completed, that it didn't make God any less holy. It didn't make God any less just. It didn't make God any less his God. Something else for us to remember as we go through these times, just because we're in a storm doesn't mean that God is any less God. It doesn't mean that he loves us any less. David got up from this moment and continued to serve God. And and really, this is a turning point in David's life. We see David continually serving God from this point on. Praise the Lord that God's mercies are new every day. Lamentations 3. The book of Lamentations by Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Lamentations is a book of sorrow. Yet in this book of sorrow, we have Lamentations 3, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His compassion, His mercy are new every morning. Next week, we're going to take a look at the lesson that God wants to teach Israel as they're coming and praying to him and seeking his face. And I hope that we will look at it in our own lives and see ourselves as God speaks to Israel. But God never left them. As we were... As I was listening, I wasn't watching. I was listening to the Ten Commandments. I, I was reminded as, uh, that Israel for 400 years was in bondage in Egypt, crying to God, and many believed that God had left them. But the truth is, God was right there. God hadn't moved, they had. And for us, so many times when dark times come, we feel like God has left us and and He no longer cares. But it's not Him that's moved, it's us. So as we go through this week and these next couple of weeks and begin to work towards Christmas, that blessed time where we celebrate the birth of Christ who came to this earth, God himself physically came to walk this earth with his people 
and to die for us and pay for our sins. We need to be thankful. We need to remember to lift each other up in prayer and to not just be focused on ourselves. But most of all, we need to remember to serve God.